from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Good, good morning, security gang. Welcome to another episode of the Cyber Hub Podcast, Tuesday, January 16th, 2024. We've got a busy show for all of y'all today. So thanks so much for taking time this morning to tune in and making this part of your morning routine. As many of you already know, um, you know, this show is based on your support. And we're so grateful to the thousands of people who tune in and make this part of their daily cybersecurity routine. We love feedback. Say that at the end of the show and never say it at the front. Please let us know stories you want us to cover, stuff you want us to go more in depth on. Uh, I'm starting to create kind of a two, three minute segment on specific stories that's going to be separate from the show that'll be posted uh, on our uh, YouTube channel and on our Substack. So you can do that there. And supporting the show on Substack gets you one of these travel espresso months, which, by the way, last week having, having a travel and having one of these was absolutely amazing to make sure I can still enjoy my espresso warm uh, during the show. So without further ado, join me for a Coffee Cup Cheers this morning. Coffee Cup Cheers, y'all. Good espresso and the news for Avanti are not as good as my espresso. They're just not. Talking about these guys for about a week. And I did some research. And one thing we very quickly discovered is we've talked about Avanti in the five years of this show more than any other security vendor on the planet. Just saying that that number ranked way over 27. And that's a lot for security vendors with exploitations and zero days. So Veloxity started seeing widespread exploitation of the recently disclosed Avanti Secure Connect VPN vulnerability. Now, we talked a little bit about it being linked to China CVE 2023-46805 and, and CVE 2024-21887 are both being tracked. One's an authentication bypass flaw, and the latter is a command injection issue. Chaining the two enables a remote unauthenticated attacker to execute arbitrary commands on the targeted appliances. And why initially the attacks were highly targeted, now we're seeing more specific attacks, specifically after the military and government sectors. Some exploitation are likely the work of cybersecurity community researcher Kevin Bauman, who dubbed the Avanti vulnerability connect around. Um, he has also been conducting scans, lots of activity looking for this vulnerabilities. Um, there's been five malware fa families deployed by attackers, including web shells, droppers, backdoors, and information stealers. Those are thin spool, light wire, wire fire, wrap, uh, warp, sorry, wire and zip line. All of these uh, are there. Mandian has saw indications that the attackers have taken steps to maintain access to high value systems even after the release of the patches. And that's anytime we have this specific zero day to an important appliance or an important application or an important entry point in the organization, one has to assume breach, number one. Number two, once you patch it, you can't assume that the patch took care of it. You really do have to deploy your forensics team. You really got to go digging to see what's different now than before and start to really investigate specifically abnormal activity and keep your team on alert because threat actors are going to put in a back door, let you think you got rid of it 30, 40, 50, 60, 100 days later, 
they turn it on. And so you want to go looking. It's not just enough to remediate. You've got to remediate and investigate these types of zero days. And that's so important, team. That's so important, especially with this Ivanti one. That's going to cause a lot of headaches for a lot of people. And I've spoken to quite a few who have all shared. This is a pain. Um, and, and, and so, again, another Ivante vulnerability there. Another vulnerability in the Windows smart screen is being actively exploited in attacks that are leading to the uh, uh, Femadrone Steeler infection, according to Trend Micro. The defect CVE 2023-36025 has a CVSS score of 8.8. It came to light on November 14th of last year when Microsoft released patches for it. Ansys added it to its Kev catalog based on evidence of in-the-wild exploitation. According to the Microsoft advisory, the issue can be exploited by sending a crafted internet short file a URL to a user and convincing the recipient to click on it. The attacker would be able to bypass the Windows Defender smart screen checks and their associated prompts. Following the disclosure, threat actors have been observed demonstrating the exploitation of the bug. Various proof-of-concept exploits were released, and numerous threat actors have incorporated the exploit for this vulnerability in their attack chain. Now, Trend Micro saying a malicious campaign is actively exploiting uh, this specific CVE to deliver the Fendrome Stealer, a previously unknown malware strain that can harvest a trove of information from infected systems. Um, it's a, it's available as open source. It's actively maintained in GitHub and Telegram. In addition to stealing data from web browsers, crypto wallets, and various messaging applications, including Telegram, Steam, and Discord, the threat uh, the threat takes screenshots and gathers system information, including hardware details and location data. Um, the harvested information is then exfiltrated through Telegram or the attacker's C and C server. So you can obviously understand the sophistication this specific vulnerability and again patching and then really looking at what is happening within the environment and it's always nice right to set up some sort of decoy server somewhere where you can patch it but make it seem important and then see if something changes there um because you'll be if you fence it off you're you're better in, in identifying something happening there as well Malicious actors are increasingly abusing free cloud services, leading to a recent and significant spike in botnet scanning activity. Netscout typically sees anywhere between 100, uh, sorry, 10, 10 to 20,000 IP addresses conducting internet scans every day. However, the company has observed an increase to more than 35,000 devices on December 8th and another spike that reached nearly 43,000 devices on december 20th the number of ips associated with scanning activity saw a sharp increase in several days since peaking on january 5th with nearly 1.3 million ips a majority of the ips are associated with the u.s china vietnam taiwan russia and russia according to netscout uh, the activity has uncovered a rise in the use of free of cheap or free cloud and hosting servers that attackers are using to create botnet launch pads these servers are used via trials, free accounts, or low-cost accounts, which provide anonymity and minimal overhead to maintain. Netscout believes the scanning represents reconnaissance activities with attackers using these new botnets to find vulnerabilities they could exploit. So understand, here's what this story actually means to all of us, is when we potentially put something out with a mistake, with a vulnerability, if we potentially say, 
no one would go after it. We now know that's really not the truth. And we know that any sort of vulnerability could potentially lead to something greater, could potentially lead to a greater uh, attack, could potentially lead to something more serious. And so we want to keep that in mind as well. Security researchers have now found over 178,000 SonicWall next-gen firewalls with the management interface exposed online that are vulnerable to denial of service and potential remote code execution attacks. These appliances are affected by two uh, DOS security flaws tracked as CVE 2022-22274-2023-0656. They're using binary edge source data um, and SonicWall firewalls with management interface exposed to the internet found that 76% of them are vulnerable to one or both issues. The vulnerability, the two vulnerabilities are essentially the same. They're caused by the reusing of the same vulnerable code pattern. So SonicWall um, has more than 500 devices that are currently exposed online with 328,000 in the U.S. Um, so the, these have been targeted before. So SonicWall's business, again, like Avanti, is, is critical. Customers are warned that in July, they issued a patch to fix some of this stuff. Um, and you want to make sure you get those patched, but the vulnerabilities still exist on the SonicWall side. VMware is also urging customers to pitch a critical vulnerability to patch pitch patch a critical vulnerability discovered by external researchers in its array automation multi-cloud infrastructure automation platform. This CVE 2023-34063 and assigned a CVSS score of 9.9. Uh, affects Area Automation, formerly vRealize Automation, prior to version 8.16, as well as Cloud Foundation. The flaw is described as missing access control issue that could allow an authenticated attacker to gain unauthorized access to remote organizations and workflows. VMware has released patches for the impacted versions and are urging customers to install them as soon as possible. Mind you, there's no in the wild exploitation, but scans will start as soon as we finish this broadcast, if not before. The U.S. Secret Service is shedding light on how threat actors stole $34,000. That's not a lot of money in the grand scheme of things of what we see in cybercrime. But nonetheless, it's an antivirus renewal subscription email. So the bank account and the PC were all seized. It belonged to someone named Bing Song Zhao. It was associated with a phishing scam impersonating Norton antivirus renewal subscriptions. These types of scams have been going on for quite some time. And it's critical for people to uh, be, you know, kind of, this is something great to pass in the company to your employees and say, hey, check this out. If you get something like this, pass it by our security team. Something really, really effective. A Ukrainian, uh, Ukrainian man has been arrested for infecting U.S. cloud providers with crypto mining malware. Uh, he was infecting the service of a well-known American cloud service provider with crypto mining malware, according to Ukrainian police. The 29-year-old attacker from the southern city of Mikolaev is believed to have illicitly mined over $2 million in cryptocurrency over the past two years. The police searched the suspect's three properties, seizing his computer equipment, bank cards, and other electronic devices to collect evidence. The arrest in early January followed months of collaboration between Ukrainian authorities, Europol, and the cloud provider affected by the scheme. Authorities didn't name the affected cloud company by Ukrainian police. It's a well-known American firm. You can only assume what that means. By stealing cloud resources to mine crypto, the criminal can avoid paying the necessary server and power uh, fees that are typically associated with crypto mining and could potentially outweigh 
the profit of actually doing the action all by itself. The suspect infected the servers of one of the world's largest e-commerce companies by hacking 1,500 accounts of a subsidiary. Um, according to police, the attacker then used self-developed software for an automatic password testing method known as brute force attacks. He then infected them with malware and mined $2 million worth of crypto. And finally, following the SEC Commissioner Gary Gansler's ex-account takeover and the uh, kind of rile-up we saw there in the Bitcoin market that has since gone down significantly, by the way. Bitcoin has lost nearly 5% a day since this happened. Um, the Senate is now asking the um, Inspector General to investigate the regulator's failure to have MFA protection in place. <laughs> so. There you have it, folks. The Senate is wondering why the SEC commissioner didn't have MFA uh, on his X account, knowing the impact that this would have potentially on the economy. Now, X, for you know, to defend him slightly, X did say that you've got to be a paid uh, member of the X platform in order to have MFA. That was a decision that uh, Musk made. Uh, when he launched X kind of premium services, that was obviously critical by many people in the security community, myself included, as to the fact that that should be standards. But, you know, you're trying to make a business. Who are we to tell you how to run it? So without further ado, now the Senate is going to investigate how this happened. And they should. And for maybe $8 a day, $8 a month, those people should, you know, skip a Starbucks once a week. And just pay Twitter. Just saying. Maybe. That's it for our show this morning. Ransomware, corporations, that story is going to drop tomorrow. And it's going to be a really big one, y'all. Uh, I challenge you intellectually with history and facts. How could corporations no longer rely on governments to take action against ransomware operators and countries that harbor ransomware operators in order to really bring about and curb ransomware threats to organizations and to individuals so that story is coming on our Substack exclusively tomorrow Till then have a great rest of your day and most importantly y'all stay cyber safe we love feedback so make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform